Now, without wasting much time, uh, let us open our Bibles in St. John chapter 1. And while we are opening, I, I want to say that in these meetings, what I have planned, and I, I told Brother Gideon yesterday, I'm going to be preaching very basic things. I want, I want to preach on uh, the things that over the last few weeks or months, I have, it has come, I have felt a burden of really trying to establish what we believe us, what we, what we believe. The foundation of our faith. Because I found that I tried it a few times and I found that it was helping us. It was helping people. It's always good. It is always good to clearly define where you stand. So I'll be preaching on the foundations of our faith. Uh, what we believe, what we really believe. Right? Yeah, and uh, we shall read St. John chapter 1. We shall read verse 1 to 3 to 4. And then and, uh, we shall pray before we read. Let us pray. Precious Heavenly Father, Lord, we want to dedicate this time that we will be standing here before, before your precious children. Heavenly Father, we are on a journey. In this world, we are pilgrims and strangers. And we realize that we do not have much time to stay. And we want to prepare for the the, for, for the eventual eternal destination. And sins that cannot be done by human beings, we are approaching thy throne of grace, praying that the Holy Spirit shall just have mercy upon us and we will take these human efforts that we are making and do something that is going to help us to be better, be, better prepared for the, the times that we are living in. We pray that thy grace shall be with us. May you lead the speaking, may you lead the hearing and understanding and may these words just sink into our hearts. We pray that you bless the, 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 the ministers that are here. We pray that you bless every brother, every sister. May you give us, may you anoint us with a spirit of, of, of thy word. The spirit of the children of Abraham who believe the word and help us, Heavenly Father, to commit ourselves to you, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. So, the Bible says, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. 
All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. Jump to verse 14, it says, And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Amen. Yokana esulesukunyusoka kulubiriwa waliwo chigambo chigambo naba wali katonda chigambo naba katonda oyaliwo kulubiriri awali katonda ebintu byonna byakolebwa kubwoyo era watali ye twakolebwa chintu na chimu echakolebwa obulamu bwali muye obulamu nebubo musana ogwabantu ogwe 10 chigambo nafuka omubiri naberako jetuli Netulaba echitibwa che echitibwa ngechoyo eyazalibwa omuyeka chitafe ngajude chisa na mazima May the Lord add blessings we can be seated Now with all my heart I believe that just like the word was made flesh in the time of Jesus Christ, when Jesus Christ was walking on earth in Jesus his flesh, I believe that the time has come for the word to be, to be made flesh again. Now, the word being made flesh, and I want to make it this very clear, is not what many people believe that it is the understanding of the word, but it is the, the word actually itself living itself in you. Just the fact that we have the full word revealed to us through the, the prophet, it does not mean that the word has been made flesh again. However much we know. But the word being made flesh is when it lives itself in the human being. Now, we believers of the message, we think that just because we know about the truth about the Godhead, we, we know about the serpent seed. We know Malachi 4. All these scriptures are open to us. And the Bible has become a new Bible. And we are not in denominations. We think when we are jumping about and rejoicing about those truths. Now, that is not the word being made flesh. I was teaching in my church the other day, the last teaching that we, I had in, in I was teaching on revelation. Now, and I was trying to tell them that revelation is not just understanding a truth. I was reading where the prophet said, eh? in the message of what is 
what is the Holy Ghost sent for? I was telling them that the, you, you can say that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. That is the truth. But you can speak that because you read it out of the Bible. You can read, you can say that because you heard the pastor saying so. You believe the pastor, you believe the Bible. And what you are saying is the truth. But that fact has not been revealed to you. The only way that you can say Jesus Christ is the Son of God is when the Holy Ghost comes in you and you meet that Son of God. Then your eyes are opened. See? So, and that is an example. You can say a lot of truths, but they have not been revealed to you. <laughs> and I was giving the example of, uh, you know, if you, if you know what a lion is, See? You have seen its pictures. You have read books about how it can do. You know about its, its viciousness and its killing power. Very dangerous animal. Now, and then, having all that, Information, then you see a lion coming in. Like if, if a lion walked into this, this compound, here. now if a lion walked here, we see it walking in, and it does not look very friendly. Suppose we see you. Uh, going outside to meet it. Singa to kulaba ngofurumo geno jisinga. And we see, hey brother, here is a lion. Netuga orugani polugoma iyo. And it's a real lion. Atem polugoma dala. See? And you start giving stories about the lion. No tanko kunyumia kubikwa taku polugoma. You start giving stories about how it can kill. And you are just there waiting for it. Ngoriyao jirinze. You have the knowledge. But it, has, but it has not been revealed to you. See? But if we saw a lion there. See? I want the weakest sister, the one who, who the oldest, the one who thinks they cannot run. They will climb up to the roof. If they know what a lion, if it has been revealed to them. Now, you see people talking about the coming of the Lord. They say the, the Lord is about to come. But when you look at their lives, they are not living as if the Lord is coming. 
You hear people even talking about the Holy Ghost. How important the Holy Ghost is. But they are not seeking it. It shows you they have the head knowledge. But they have no revelation. You hear people talking about that the, the, the rapture is about to come. And you, do, and you have to have the Holy Ghost to get it. But they, have, they don't have the Holy Ghost. Or they are not even sure. But they are just talking about the rapture. Talking about the signs of the end time. But they don't have the Holy Ghost. Or they are not sure. Yet they are talking about the end time is about here. There is no revelation. There is a head knowledge but no revelation. They are there meeting the lion. And telling stories about the lion. See? But no revelation about it. Even simple, simple facts. Let me tell you. If you know how many people believe that sin is, is wrong. All of you. Everybody knows that. But if you had a revelation that sin is wrong. You would never touch sin. Whether somebody is seeing you or not. Because you may be saying that sin is wrong. Because everybody thinks so. Because the Bible says so. Because the pastor preaches it. Looking very fierce and very hard. See? You may be saying that sin is wrong on that basis. But to you, it has not been revealed. Otherwise, you would not see Christians. You would not see believers engaging in sin. See? They are just saying what everybody says. I was trying to tell the church that revelation is just like the prophet said. Revelation is so crucial but it is not common. Many people are just saying what other people are saying. What they hear the pastor say. What they hear them preaching. And they may have the facts. But it has not been revealed to them. You have heard people saying, even they have even written songs which they are singing say, as believers that I know who I am. I know who I am. The prophet revealed to the to, to brought the word. Now the bride has known who she is. 
She may know who she is by her head knowledge. But the revelation I don't think it is that common. Let me tell you, let me tell you, I know I may sound controversial, but let me tell you my reasoning. To understand who you are, uh, let me show you how it was in the Bible. One story that gives an illustration of what would happen if you know who you are. There was one time that the, the, the generals and the captains of the army of Israel, a group of them, they were resting somewhere. I don't know what they were doing. Because they were just a band of them together. Captains. Captains of the army. And among them was a man called Jehu. Then Elisha the prophet he sent a young man. And I'll refer to that story again in my, in my sermon. He sent a young man, a young man, a prophet to those men there. He sent to Jehu to go and anoint him king. Now when he went there, he found Jehu and the other captains in a group. And he told them, I have an errand for you, Captain. And then he, Jehu asked him, Which one of us? And he said, No, I'm you, you. So he took him, put him in the inner chamber, and he took out a horn of oil, and poured on him. And he said, Thus says the Lord, uh, you, will be, you will be the king. I have anointed you king. And you repay the blood of Ahab that he has shed. And you destroy his house. When he finished prophesying, he left Jehu and ran out. So when Jehu came out, they asked him, what was that fellow, that funny fellow? What did he tell you? Then Jehu told him, ah, you know that man. You know how he acts. They seemed to know him. Those captains told him, no, tell us. No, he told me that I, I am king. Hey, you know what these people did? They did not start dancing. Oh, Jehu is king. Jehu, is king. Jehu understood who he is. What did he do? They took trumpets. And they blew trumpets. Jehu is king. And immediately, they gathered together. And they rode to the palace. They attacked the palace. Can you imagine? 
just a small band of men just armed with bows and arrows when the king came out to meet him Jehu, Jehu didn't negotiate his bow his arrows he shot, he shot the king through the heart and the other king ran away Jehu shot him went Jehu was doing a very dangerous thing. And then from there, he wrote letters to the people who are, who are taking care of the king's sons. And he told them, I have killed the king. And those of you have his sons with you. And I want you to meet and get the best of his sons and anoint him king over your, his father's house and then come out and fight me. Jehu was risking his life. But he didn't care because he knew who he is. If the bride knew who she was and it is revealed to her she would be acting like the bride. She would take her position. See? She would have no disease among her. She would have no sin among her. She will take her position and do all that has been prophesied about her. See? But if the effect, if the effect of revelation is just people singing and dancing and shouting, no, 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 that's not revelation. That's just a head knowledge. Exactly. We need to sober up. See? We need to sober up. But now, what I'm saying is that we are so late. The signs of the coming of the Lord are so near that we need to understand what we are saying. See? America has just finished its election. America See? And to me, I'm not very sure. Nobody can say 100%. But it looks like the current leadership of America. If, if, if it is the last leadership before America goes into ruin. It would be exactly, perfectly According to prophecy. I think you know the prophecies that are surrounding. See, Brother Branham prophesied. Do you know that Brother Branham's prophecies 
Are even being used by the CIA. See? Do you know that the denomination of preachers in their hearts they know that Brother Branham was the prophet of God of the last day. It's not something that we can argue about. And there is nobody sensible in his right mind who can argue about that. It doesn't need revelation. They know it. Do you know that Brother Branham prophesied that there will be a beautiful woman rise up and he said that she will either be president or vice president or it will be the Roman Catholic Church. And he prophesied that he saw her wearing purple. A color like, like the, the mask this young man is wearing. Oh, that T-shirt that this. That Purple. And when Kamala Harris, Kamala Harris, the, the vice the vice president, when she came to take office, she was wearing purple. Is that right? And now what has happened? Uh, whereby, whereby it is, it is not, it is not, or rather, it is inevitable that she will be powerful unless something happens. She will not be like Joe Biden when he was president, he was vice president during the time of Obama. Because Joe Biden, the president, I think he is now 78. He is weak. He is frail. Such that now, the vice president herself is the one who is going to be engaging the world leaders. They are preparing her for that. Is that right? Mm. Yeah, it is true. It is common knowledge. And she is the one who is going to be in charge of America. She will be the most powerful person in the world. That's how it seems. And that is what the brother Branham said. Now, look at Corona. Brother Branham prophesied of how people shall be wearing masks, disinfectants, disinfectants. Is that right? Yeah. And here we are. We are at that now, all the signs, we can talk about sin that, is, that has spread throughout the world and other signs that we can see. Now, the question is the church. Where is the church? Where is the bride? 
See? Because apart from those prophecies, what has been prophesied about the church is that she will put on the word, the clothes of the word. That is true. When she does that, she will be powerful. She will have the power of Pentecost on her. That's prophet. The same prophecy about the vice presidents and and masks and disinfectants and plagues falling. The same prophet, same spirit, prophesied about the church. That is what should concern us. She will have the clothes of the word. And she will be powerful. And that's what I'm focusing on. And I want us to go back to the roots. And to define who we are. Who we are as the church. Now, the church ought to be here. If these other end time signs are here, the church ought to be there. Let's read 1 John chapter 3 from verse 1 to 3. Kind of proving what I'm saying. It says, the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore, the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Mulabo kwagala wekuli okunene chitafe koyatua fe okuyiti bwanga abana bakatonda era bwetuli insichi yaverema okututegera kubanga teyamutegera ye abagalwa kakano tulibana bakatonda sote chinalabisiwa chetuliba tumanyi ntibwali labisiwa tulifanana nga ye kubanga tulimulaba ngabwali now the church has by the time Christ appears, and we, we know that this is the end time, when he shall appear, the church will be like him. See? She will be his very image. See? Now, when we, when we look at ourselves as the church, I think... We, should, we would be dishonest if we say that we are like him. See? I don't think it is true. And I'll show you. See? Now, we, we shall be like him. And then, verse 3 says something that I like very much. And every man that hath this hope 
purifieth himself even as he is pure. Oloksa tulugamba, erabuli muntu ye na alinesubi eliomuye, yetu kuza ngoyo wali omutukufu. In other words, amakuru gacho. You have that vision to be like Christ. Ngoyina esubi no kuole suwa kubela makustu. You work towards it. Ojakola okulaba ngochifuka. You purify yourself so that you can be like him. See? Now, let me tell you, this that we are talking about was the crowning of Brother Branham's ministry. To get the church to be like him was the crowning. It was the climax. That was the greatest achievement. Or rather, that was the greatest thing that the message could achieve. That is why the message was sent. That was the finishing of the work of the message. 620908 uh, 620908 paragraph 121 akatundu I have stayed true to him. He has been true to me. I'm trusting in him. Someday, I don't know when, for a crowning of my ministry. I have stayed just as true as I could be. I don't know what it will be. I don't know when it will be. And I, just when he is ready, I am. I don't care. I hope he will crown my ministry of this. Of letting me take the clothes of the word and dress his bride in the clothes of the word and for his righteousness. I hope he will crown me. Let me stand on that day. Say, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. So this crowning of the ministry will take place the time, by the time Christ appears. So that he can say, Behold the Lamb of God. It is not something that will be, be given to the people it, will not, it is not something that the church will achieve and then still continue striving with the sin. No. It will take place by the time Christ appears. When she wears the clothes of it. 
That is true. Mazimago. See? The bride has the word. Omogore arine chigambo. Well, let me just be plain. Maybe, maybe somewhere in the world. Maybe somewhere in America. Maybe somewhere in Australia. Maybe there is a bride that has because I don't know those places. But in the in the in the in the message believers that I see that I, that I know maybe we have missed it. I don't know. But if you tell me here in Kampala that you have worn the clothes of the world, uh -uh, no. 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 I don't think you are very different from us in Kenya. And if this is the picture of a church that has worn the clothes of the world, then it's not the, it is not the picture that I have. Because it does not fit with the way the prophet describes her. I don't think so. Maybe there are other people somewhere. But I don't know. And in any case, if they have become perfect there, that's a good achievement for the ministers there. But with us, we are not yet. Or do you want to tell me that you are here, Gideon? We cannot say that now we are like Christ. As a church. No. no. I don't think so. She has the word, but she has not eaten it. See? But when the word is made flesh, she will be ready to meet him. That is true. Let me tell you, brethren, the idea is like this. The Bible talks about the cycle of a grain of wheat. Right? Are we together? Now, let's go to John, St. John chapter 12. And we see something there. St. John 12, uh, verse 20 to 27. I want, I want you to listen carefully to the scripture. Verse 20. And there came certain Greeks among them that came up to worship at the feast. The same came therefore to Philip which was, was of Bethesda, Bethsaida of Galilee, and desired him, saying, Sir, we would see Jesus. Philip, Philip cometh and telleth Andrew, and again Andrew and Philip tell Jesus. And Jesus answered, answered them, saying, The hour is now is come 
that the Son of Man should be glorified. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall to the, into the ground and die, it abideth alone, but if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. He that loveth his life shall lose it, and he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. If any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. Now is my soul troubled, and what can I say? Father, save me from this hour, but for this cause came I into this hour. Yukana kumina bilima kumia bili. Na ye waliwo abayonani abalala mwabo abajja kumbaga okusinza awo bali ne bajeri Filipo eyava ebesaida ekyo mugaliraya ne bamubuza nga bamugamba nti sebo twagala okulaba Yesu Filipo najja na abulira Andrea Andrea najja ne Filipo ne babulira Yesu Yesu nabaddamu na gamba nti obudde butuse omwana wo muntu agulumizwe Dala mbaga mbanti, mpeke yengano, wetegwa mutaka nefa, ebelela ao yoka. Na yebu efa, ebale mele nyingi. Ayagalo obulamu we, bumubula. Na ye achao obulamu we monseno, alibu sigaza, okutuka kubulamu obuta kwao. Omuntu buwampeleza, angobede denga. Nange jendi, eyo omweleza wangina ye janabanga. Omuntu buwampeleza, chitange alimusamu echitibwa. Kakano moyo gwange gwera likiride, ilanjo gerentia chitange. Ndokola okunzi jamuchisera chino, na yeche navantu ka mchisera chino. Now, this is a very strange conversation. Kakati, I don't know. Mbozi, I don't know whether you have ever thought of it. Some Jesus, Yesu, he gets the information. That there are some Gentiles, Greeks, who, who want to see him. Probably you would, you would have expected them him, to tell them, well, I don't have time now, but, but maybe let's organize to give them an appointment. Something related to that. But now, he starts saying strange things. Look at his word. His answer. Verse 23. And Jesus answered them saying, The hour is come that the Son of Man should be glorified. See? And then he says about the corn of wheat. Let's just dissect his answers a little bit. Now, remember, these were Greeks. They were Gentiles. In other words, this is what he was meaning. Are we together? Don't miss this. He was saying, these Gentiles, these Greeks, they cannot see me. And he says, this is how they shall see me. The corn of wheat has to fall to the ground. And then, 
when it has fallen it will, it will do what it will grow through the stages where it is a plant like this one it has the leaves it has the tassel it brings out an ear if, if, if they and the year ripens then they shall see me in other words i am the corn of wheat i will first of all have to be buried and he says, the hour has come now for me to die and I get buried like the corn of wheat. Then I'll grow up through the ages. Now, and they will, what the Greeks will see is the other, the other grains because after you plant what you eventually harvest looks like what went into the ground. That is what the Greeks will see. What has grown. See? What looks like the original. But they will not see the original. You know, this, the book of John has a peculiarity. It is peculiar. If you read it on the surface, it does not look like it's a very deep book. But it is one of the deepest books in the Bible. That is the style of, of John writing. If you read it without a spiritual mind, you will miss everything. Both the, both the gospel of John and, and also in the epistles of John, they have the same style. That is what he meant. See? That I have to fall to the ground and then I come up. Then the Greeks see me. And when you are saying, the hour has come now that I should be glorified. And for this, hour, for this purpose, I came into the world. And then he says, I cannot evade this hour. I cannot avoid this hour. Because for this purpose, I came into the world. Now, there is something else he says there. Are you with me? He says, Agamba, he that, he that will try to save his life shall lose it. He that loses his life for my sake shall save it. Do you know why he said that? He was not preaching to himself. He was not giving that warning to himself. 
He was not. What he was doing, he was meaning that even those disciples he was talking to, they will be called upon to do that. See? They will be buried like grains of wheat. Please don't lose track of that. Because what happens I don't know. I'm really sh- want to make sure that you get this. What he was meaning or rather what was to take place is this. That group that he had talked to they had gone through the stages that we should go through. Right? By, call, by him calling them, come follow me. Come follow me. He goes to Peter. He's a fisherman. Come follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. He goes to Matthew. Tax collector. He says, come follow me. He goes to another disciple. Come follow me. The fellow says, let, let me go and bury my father. Say, no, 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 no. Let the dead bury their come and me. He called them. Brothers and sisters. By calling them, he justified them. So that group that he was talking to, it had gone through the stage of justification. Then, please don't lose track. Then, in St. John chapter 15, verse 3, by the time he was dying, that group had been sanctified. They had gone through what? Sanctification. He says, now ye, verse 3, now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Right? So by the time that original corn of wheat fell to the ground. That group was clean. It was sanctified. Is that right? Judas, this time in John chapter 15, Judas had left. There was not even one unclean person among them. That's why why Jesus could speak confidently to them and say, you are clean. They were sanctified by the word. Then when he came back, when he rose from the dead, on the day of Pentecost, he was poured on them. 
the pillar of fire. Do you know that it is Jesus who entered them? Oh yes. Yes. He entered them. They got filled with the Holy Ghost. Then, listen. Then, that, that experience, it brought forth a corn, it brought forth a harvest of wheat that could also be planted. The growth to maturity had started before the Holy Ghost came. See? I want to go slowly. The growth to maturity did not start on the day of Pentecost. It had started in the ministry of Jesus. Him calling them. Then speaking to them the word. The word cleansed them. On the day of Pentecost, the Holy Ghost came on a prepared people. And very quickly, that, that church was mature. And uh, it was like the it was like the original grain of wheat. That's why, that's why they were called Christians. People acknowledged they had been with Jesus. They reflected him. And because they were like that, they also had to be planted. The Greeks could not yet see them. That crop also had to be planted. Listen to the proof. Listen to the proof of that. Things that are to be 65, Paragraph 36. Are you there? Not yet. I want you to read. This is crucial. So I want, you, I want us to be reading together. All right. Now, so read with me. You probably read the book that the German making fun of me and said I was a fanatic of all the fanatics. He was absolutely against everything that's called God and even made fun of God said a God that could open the Red Sea 
said, and take his people out and sat with his hands across his tummy and through the dark ages all those people die and suffer that the little children be eat by lions. Now, you'll have to go a little bit down. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't copy everything in that, in that uh, quotation. You have to get through this. I mean, to, to jump a little bit higher. I mean, a, a bit ahead and see. See, the revelation of Jesus Christ in this hour, not what he was in another hour, what he was now. I want to make sure that you are getting it's, it's a bit further ahead. Just go down. Let me read here so that you can see. Yeah, right. The revelation of Jesus Christ in this hour not what he was in another hour, what he was now. The Bible expresses, uh, expresses its growing in the bride to the full stature. Therefore, if the corn of wheat, Christ, Christ, had to fall in the ground, so did the bride have to fall in the ground through the dark ages. Any grain goes in the ground must die or it can't produce itself. Reproduce itself. And the great church that he established on the day of Pentecost by the sending of the Holy Ghost had to suffer martyrdom and go into the dirt into the earth in the dark age and then come out to the full stature of the bride of Jesus Christ for this last See? That's what I'm telling you. That after when Jesus Christ died, that church that he left, he had already prepared them. Such that the falling of the Holy Ghost, it just quickly matured them. And they did his works. Then it was also buried. And then it has grown up through Luther. The maturity is on this day. And what is it going to be like? It will be like that bride that fell, that was established on the day of Pentecost. See? That's the age we are living in now. See? That church of Pentecost that looked like Christ. Now, please bear with me. It was like this. 
In the beginning was the word. That was before the beginning, right? Right? Before the creation. In the beginning was the was the word. Now, and then the word the word itself was the light of men. It was there in the beginning with God. Then the word was made flesh. That's what John was writing at this time. And we beheld him as the only begotten of the Father. Who was he? He was the Word. Let me tell you what it was in plain words. Are you with me? Jesus Christ was a manifestation of what the word would do if it is in human flesh. In other words, if we have taken the word, nobody can, nobody can dispute that we are flesh. Is that right? Mm. We are flesh. Useless dust of the earth with weaknesses and things like that. Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ did not have another type of flesh. His flesh was just like our flesh. See? If we had if if we had the meeting last night, I had enough quotations to prove all these statements. But now I don't. I wanted to lay the background last night. Now I'm just giving a few highlights of what I wanted to say. But Jesus Christ, his flesh was just like our flesh. He had the same feelings. Same, same, same. You say, well, Jesus Christ was virgin born. Let me tell you, what was virgin born God made sure that the virgin produced a body just exactly like ours. If it was a superior flesh, then he cannot be our example. He cannot challenge us to be like him. See? Yeah. But now, the challenge the word has given us is that we, weak, useless, we are ashamed of ourselves, but we shall be like him. 
That's the challenge. So, what was born by the virgin is something like me. It is something like you. But now, when the word comes into that thing, like you and me, and it is revealed to that thing, like you and me, it becomes, it produces a creature like him. And he becomes our example. So everyone that gets that vision cleanses himself so that he can be like himself. That's the idea. Jesus Christ yes, was an example of what the word does. The products of the word in flesh. So when it is falling into the ground and comes on people it is trying to produce creatures like him. And it has to. It has to. If it doesn't, then the, the whole purpose of the cross is defeated. It's exactly. But I'm, I believe with all my heart that the purpose of God will never be defeated. See? The church will be like him. See? Exactly. It has to produce a crop. See? And that's what I'm looking for. See? Blessed be the name of the Lord. And it is the word that will produce that. See? It was Christ. Now, listen. We talked about Jesus Christ as the original grain falling into the ground and then coming up producing his life produce, reproducing itself in the Pentecostal church. Right? Then it's a mature crop. They look so much like him. The world can see that they were with him. The word Christian, it was a derogatory word. It was a word of insulting them. See? Because they could see that they are just like Christ. They loved each other like Christ. See, even when they don't agree, but they are together. They had the power like Christ. Is that right? Yeah, and then that grain went into the ground again. Now listen. <coughs> what they were 
that because we have to focus on that church now. Because remember, we at this end time, according to the quotation we have just read, we 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 are as a result of that crop of Pentecost. Being planted. Not the original grain which was Christ. Is that right? But it's just, just like you can have several generations in, in the natural agriculture now. You can have several generations of grain. This grain is planted. It grows up. Produces a crop. It matures. Then you take that crop. Planted again. Then it also grows up. And it brings forth a mature grain. That's another generation. Is that right? Now, we are the generation where the church of Pentecost was planted. And then it has been growing. Growing through Luther, through Wesley, through Pentecost. And it is maturing up. In science, science, we have the, these things called genes. Eh? genes. Their job is to make sure that the features of a generation are preserved. The features. If the grain is tall, that tallness is preserved through the generations. Now, and the features of the original Christ. <laughs> The Holy Spirit made sure that those features are preserved. And the Holy Ghost that we are receiving now, this original word that has been given to us through Malachi 4. It has preserved all the features. And it is what is going to produce the crop for this last day. See? You see, this is, the, this is why we see people in these last days, they are trying to find faults with the message. See? And trying to say, you know, 
Brother Branham, wrong here, wrong there. And others are coming saying, he is not the only one who came with this. This is also revealed to so and so. So they follow that so and so. Let me tell you. Everything, I hope you listen to me. Everything has a life in it. What I know, what God has has vindicated in these last days is that the seed that is carrying the genes of Jesus Christ and the genes of the apostles the genes of Martin Luther the genes of John Wesley it is the message of Malachi 4. Something else may talk like it. Something else may want to correct it. But let me tell you, I don't want that correction. I don't want that corrected version. I want the original. Because it has the genes of God. It is the one that produced the crop. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. That's where we are living. That's where we are living now. It has the genes of God. And this is the harvest time. This is the time for that original crop. And it will only come through this. Now let me tell you. That original word that was there in the beginning with God it went through several stages before it was manifested. Through the age of the prophets Moses, Musa, Elijah, Abraham. Abraham you believe Abraham was a prophet? Through those days that original word it was, it was prophesied about. We saw it in the shadows. You can see Abraham and you see Christ in him. Is that right? Oh yes. The prophet talked about all those things. Isaac and Abraham. Walking up that hill. That mountain. That was a picture of God. Leading his son Jesus Christ. To the cross. See? Joseph, Yusuf, who was a great grandson of Abraham. You see him being a perfect type of Christ. Hated by his father. Or rather, 
loved by his father, hated by his brothers, just like Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ was loved of the father and hated of the Jews. Why was he hated? Not because he was proud, but it's because he was spiritual. See, he, he is not the one who made himself to dream. It was God who gave him the dreams. And they hated him without a cause. Just like Jesus Christ. He was sold for his being spiritual just like Jesus Christ. And almost at the same price. Is that right? When he went to prison, just like Jesus went to prison on the cross, on the cross, or rather in the prison, Joseph, one man was saved, the other one was lost. In Jesus Christ from his prison, one thief was saved, the other one was lost. And you can talk about Moses. You can talk about David. All these prophets, they were just shadowing Jesus Christ. Showing us, what, showing us the life of Christ here on earth. Just the life of Joseph was telling us he will be cast into prison. It was telling us he will be loved of the father but hated by his brother. The life of Joseph was telling us he will be sold. The life of Joseph was telling us he will be cast into prison. One person will be lost the other one will be saved. The life of Moses was telling us he shall be a lawgiver. He will be born at the time of trouble when children shall be killed because that is what happened to Moses. He was born at the time of trouble when children were being killed. So was Jesus. David Daudi by being a king, David was telling us, Jesus will be a king. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. When David was chased from the throne, a rejected king, his life was telling us, Jesus the king shall be rejected, and he will go up the mountain, weeping as a rejected king. See? So all those prophets, when you look at their lives, they were talking of him. So the Old Testament was a preparation of the word coming. Then finally, the word itself came. And it was made flesh. 
This was the word manifested. The Old Testament was the word being prepared for. It was the preparation and the shadows of the word. Then the book of Mark. The book of Matthew. Mark. Marco. Luke. Luca. John. Yokana. It was a manifestation of the word. Now the word manifested. Like I told you, let me repeat again, please. What the word will look like when it is flesh. Now, people may have an excuse. See? And they say, ah, but it is not possible to be like Jesus because he was virgin born. Now, the book of Acts, it shows us that actually the word can come into other human beings with the flesh like us and it reproduces the life of Christ. In other words, in the book of Acts, we see the same word in other human beings not Jesus Christ now, but other human beings, when the word gets into them, what it can produce. What it can produce. What kind of a crop looks like it? In other words, it shows us that it is possible for people of like weaknesses like us. For the word to come into them. And what it can produce. Now surely. You may say. Jesus was virgin born. Can you say the same thing with Peter? Peter was a man like me. Peter was a man like me. See? Exactly. John and the others. They are making mistakes. Even in the ministry. Peter portrayed some hypocrisy. Is that right? Yes, he yeah. was rebuked by Paul. He was a man like us. See? At his death, he almost denied Christ. Is that right? In the same way that he denied Christ three times. When the Holy Ghost was in him. When the Holy Ghost was in him. He almost denied Christ again. Is that right? Oh yes. I see most of you are not saying amen. It is true. History tells us that he was when he was when God finally allowed him to be arrested. And they were going to crucify him. He looked at that. And he said, Ah, crucified. And he planned. 
You know those days, the condition was one. You deny Jesus, then you are set free. It had to be the confession of your mouth. Then he feared dying. Then he said, he reasoned, I'm going to deny him. And then when they let me free, I continue preaching. And he made up his mind. The next following day, when he was going to do that, he met Christ. He saw a vision of Christ. Carrying the cross. And then he asked him, Lord, where are you going? He said, I'm going to be crucified again. It was a big, strong rebuke to him. He went back to prison. He waited for them to get him. Then when he went to be crucified, he said, I'm not worthy. Crucify me upside down. That's how he died. So he was a man like me. He was a man like you. He had fears like you, sister. But let me ask you, those weaknesses, did they stop, did they, did they prevent when the word was in that flesh when the word was in that week. When the word was in that. You know, that flesh of a traitor. That flesh in a man that could make mistakes. Did it stop that word from being manifested? No. So the book of Acts, it shows us how the word looks like when it is in other flesh apart from Jesus. See? Now, and then in the epistles, I'm taking you through the whole Bible now. We call the Bible the word of God. Is that right? So, the epistles, that is Romans, Corinthians 1st and 2nd, Galatians, Ephesians, all up to Jude. It is the word being explained. These are the people who took, they, they talked about the, the, the priesthood of the Old Testament. Relating it to the New Testament ministry. Is that right? They explained about the sacrifices being fulfilled in Christ. It is the teaching, the connection between the Old Testament and the life of Jesus Christ and the establishment of the church. It's the teaching. They taught about predestination. They taught about Melchizedek. They taught about all those things. Are you with me? And also, 
Era. They instructed us how to live. How to live. They pissed us. That's what I'm telling you. We are children of that crop. We are obeying what the apostles told us. This is the faith of the apostles being restored to us. We are instructed about holy living. Let not fornication be one's named among you in the church. Though the, those, those of you that were thieves don't steal anymore. See? There's a spirit in the church. See? We were talking that way with Gideon last night. Brothers, when they borrow money, they borrow and they don't return. That is stealing. That's just a glorified way of stealing. The apostles, they instruct us. Those that were thieves, let them stop stealing. See? It is not just baptism in Jesus' name. They instructed us about calling if you have quarrels with people, somebody has wronged you, don't be bitter. Just like, just like Christ forgave you, you also forgive them. Those of you who are servants, Obey your masters. Those of you who have masters, who are masters, don't treat your brethren. Who are your servants? Don't treat them like Egyptians. Don't treat them like heathen. Avoid threatening. The pistols. They give us those instructions. The word that should be in us. Is that right? I see people's faces have gone down. Please be with me. I have not wronged you. Yes. I have not wronged you. See? I'm not the one who wrote that. You never read in your Bible. Kihuha chapter 2. I'm just guilty of telling you what the epistles say. Is that right? Yeah, they give us instructions. That word that should be in us that should make us clean just like the disciples of Christ, they were made clean by the word that Jesus gave them. Now we are made clean by the word the apostles gave us. 
because we are the fruit of their crop that goes to the crowd. Who blessed be the name of the Lord. That's right. So the epistles, it is the word being explained and inst- being made plain and then giving us instructions. Now, then, the book of Revelation, it shows us, because here on earth, you may wonder, when I do all these things, when I struggle like this, when I give up my life, is striving to obey it. What results should I get? Here on earth, we can debate. And we can debate and see. Like, like the women preachers. They said, ah, Paul was a woman hater. God has given revelation now. But this baptism is also okay. We can argue, we can argue, we can argue. But the book of Revelation, it shows us the curses and the rewards. Because in Revelation, we see the 12 apostles sitting on the throne, exalted. So we know that their word, their word will be exalted by God. We know that if we follow the apostles, we baptize like the apostles, we live our lives like the apostles, we shall not be lost, we shall be saved, we shall be in heaven, we shall be waving palms, we shall crown Jesus. We shall sit on the throne with him. And those who refuse, we see their end. So in other words, we see the, the what? The rewards of the word. See? So that things are clear. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Now, I want to say this, my brethren. I've been talking about the word. See, I'm laying a background of what I want to talk about. This. The word. The word. How firm it is. How great it is. See? And how we must fearlessly establish it in the hearts of the people. Now, many times we see in the churches 
People hopping from doctrine to doctrine. You are a member of this speckled bird tabernacle. What the pastor is teaching here, you are not able to make flesh. You are Every meeting, preaching the Holy Ghost, preaching repentance and sanctification, but you are, you are not able to attain it. You keep on arguing, thinking, thinking you can get away from stealing, Thinking there is another way. And you are never able to attain what he is teaching you here. Then another doctrine comes. And then you say that you are not satisfied here. What is being taught here. You cannot make flesh. Tomorrow something else comes. And you run to it. Because it seems easier. I want to challenge you. Speckled bad tabernacle. I know what Gideon teaches here. How much of it have you made flesh? I don't want you to answer me. But I know he teaches the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Have you made it flesh? And other things he teaches. The teachings of the apostles. Because I know this is what goes on here. Before you say you are not satisfied, how much has been made flesh in you? I was telling my church, before when another, another doctrine comes, See? or rather let me put it like this, the way I said, I, I've been pastoring now for, for decades. Now, and I know, I have observed. A decade, what's a decade? A decade is. For many decades, for several decades. And I have noticed that these new doctrines, when they come, they usually take people who have problems making flesh what has been taught. You preach sanctification. The fellow is still struggling with stealing. Lying. Not being sincere. He tells, he puts words in such a way that you cannot tell whether it is a truth or a lie. Not being sincere. He will never bring a testimony of the Holy Ghost. Then, 
When a doctrine comes, higher calling, you, the fellow looks at you in the face. Ah, Brother, this, this one needs revelation. Something has something different has been revealed to you. To and off he goes. He never made flesh what you are teaching him. Let me tell you, my brethren. If you make flesh, if the word is made flesh in you, righteousness is taught. You achieve it. You get the new birth of the Holy Ghost. And you are, you are just. The, in other words, the word that are like we are going to talk, we are going to teach those things. When you make it flesh, when Jesus Christ is born in you, you get satisfied. Because when the word has been made flesh, it is complete. It is full square. Chibachi Jude Okweto Lawona. See? It needs no addition. Techeta Gakuchongerako. Needs no Santiago. Techeta Gasantiago. Techeta Gakuiti Wakawa. It does not need those fantastic things. Techeta Gabin Trevi Yogerwake Bigambe Yaman. It is complete. Chibachi Jude. You don't need people coming telling you. Oh, you know, I saw an angel. And the angel, the angel told me. See, see. Oh, this one has an angel following. Let me, let me go and follow. Maybe he has a bigger revelation than this, this Gideon here. If you are not able to make flesh, the, the word that your pastor is teaching you. Are you going to make flesh the word, the word of an angel? That's the thing. If you make the word flesh, you will be satisfied. Because the Bible tells us when you are born again and the word Jesus Christ is living in you, you are complete in him. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. And you need nothing else. See? So you must make the word flesh. See? Now, based on that background, now please tell me when lunch is ready. Because I know I, I know it is difficult for me to finish this. Tell me when it's ready. Uh, so that I, I don't release the people so that and then they just float. Because I want to start. <laughs> See? I want to start on 
What are the pillars of our doctrine? What we believe. Now, and I want to take you to, to this. Now, the place where I see a good consolidation of our doctrine uh, I know we can talk many, many things. Eh? Because we have more than 1,100 messages. But I want, to st- I, want to, I want us to go through the, the church order book of 1958. Right? I want us to go through it. See, I'm not in a hurry. And um, as I told you, I'm going to preach just basic things. But they form the pillars of our our doctrine. What we believe. So let me just get it. Uh, our brothers are going to, dis- to, to, to portray every point there. Now, paragraph two. Uh, <coughs> it says, eh? All right, let's read a part of paragraph one. I have tried hard by the scriptures to set in order the church of the Lord Jesus Christ as we believe at Branham Tabernacle. Yeah. This speckled bird tabernacle is the Branham Tabernacle. That's what we believe. I don't know what the, the, the Branham Tabernacle in Jeffersonville, Indiana believes. I have never been there. But we are trying to set up Branham Tabernacles in our churches. Now, the first thing I wish to say, that's, that's paragraph two, is that the pastor is always in full charge of the tabernacle in my absence. And I, and I only look to the pastor when I return. So he is in full charge to change or to do whatsoever he thinks is best. Under the leadership of the Holy Spirit while I'm away. Let me stop there for a while. The pastor is always in full charge while Brother Branham is away. And now that Brother Branham is not there, who is in full charge? The pastor. 
And I want to emphasize that a little bit. Brethren, you see why our churches are in trouble? It's because they don't let the pastor be in charge. If they take, it's like if, if there is a player, a player in the field, eh? he has the ball, and you are there as a spectator. If you try to shout, hey, do this, do this, do that. You have to let him use his mind. Otherwise, he will never play. We are not saying that Gideon is the wisest man among you. He's a man. But you must let him be in charge. See? He may kick the ball in the direction that you didn't think is correct. But you must sincerely in your heart let the pastor be in charge. You know, sometimes you have pastors or rather you have preachers who are working under the pastor. And they don't obey the pastor. Some of them even start fighting him. When he sends them somewhere, they don't go. And they are argumentative. They give give him a hard time. Now, Brother, when you do that, eh, you are like, I'll, I'll read this later. Okay? Yeah, I'm going to read this later. I'm, I can't bring it now. But I'll show you that when it comes to church leadership, this point is mainly not for the late. But it is mainly for the deacons and the other ministers who work with the pastors. Because many times they try to use their own mind. They try to use their own revelation and their own, their own decision making. Pastor is not approving of it. If you do something and the pastor is not, you know, you think the pastor is going to, to, to approve of what you are saying. You are not aware that he is not, he is against what you are doing. That is another thing. But I've seen places where churches, the pastor is there struggling. He has a leadership that is not cooperative. Sometimes even church members, they are so heady, they don't obey the pastor. See? 
Yeah, I've, got, I've been with this, as, as he was saying. This Gideon, I've been with him for, you know, I watched him grow up. Mm-hmm. Grow, grow this church up. And I, know, I know he has had, passed through hard times. When he has almost, he was telling me that he was resigning. Because people who should cooperate, they are not cooperating. They have their own points. They have their own revelations. They have their own agendas. That they are pushing. They want to push. Now the church is like, an, like a, a battalion of the army. Though I said, I'm going to preach this maybe tomorrow. Emphasize on it. And and give you quotations. Right? We believe that a church cannot prosper if it it is not under the full control of the pastor. It cannot. I don't know why that has not is not entering very well. But let me tell you. And let me tell Gideon here. You must not be afraid of people's faces. Because the way this church will go before God is on your responsibility. I've seen pastors. Eh? Well, we are humans. Yeah, I guess I, I also get into that kind of a temptation. You get somebody in the church. Maybe he's a respected person among the, 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 the people. And he is going wrong. And you know that you should discipline him. But because he has a standing among the people, you are afraid of the people. You are afraid of, of disturbing the peace. But let me tell you, my brethren, and especially you pastors that are here, in my opinion, as I read the message this is how it's going to be at the end time we shall not go before God as individuals but we shall go as groups as as we have been working here on earth this speckled bird tabernacle you will all go together holding hands. Brothers and their wives holding hands. And you go to God led by your pastor. This is how it's going to be. We shall see Jesus. We shall see the angels giving rewards. And all of us in this Laodicean church age, 
we shall see brother branham tujja kulaba brother branham going there ngagenda yo and he will be judged irajja kulamulwa according to the gospel he preached okusinzira kunjirije yabulira if he preaches exactly like the apostles e babanga yabulira dalanga abatume he will go in ajja kuyitawo then the pastors abasumba each of them will go with their groups they will be judged whether they preached according to brother branham these people who are saying ah here he made a mistake they don't know what they are saying If he gets in bwana yingira and you disputed him ngawamuwa kanyanga you are lost oja kubula see exactly dala god is not disorderly katonda we shall go in that order ngongeri etali ntegeke tujagenda bwetu tyo see so we shall see gideon katuja kulaba gideon Brother Branham said this. Brother Branham yayogerachi. What did you say? Go wachogirotia. If we see the angels, betulaba malaika. That's very good. Nabagama echirunji nye echirunji nyo. Wonderful. Echirunji. Then we katife in the speckled bird tabernacle. Speckled bird tabernacle. We are happy. Tujja kusanyuka. See? Then maybe we see him. You see them greeting him. And patting him on the back. And then getting We ah, shall start rejoicing. <laughs> But suppose we see him sweating. Suppose we see him scratching his head. And then looking at him with angry eyes. And then we see him shrinking. Oh, then we know we are lost. See? <coughs> And you ministers that are working under him. It will be like that. You will be in trouble with your opinions. I'm not saying that you cannot have another opinion. But if you do, you have to discuss it over with him. Until you come to one mind. That's how I used to work with Guadaro. See? When I was working under him, there is not one time that I took my own direction. Not that I never had another opinion. But I'll talk it over with him. If he, if he doesn't see it my way, I lay down my ideas. And then I pray. I never saw God failing me. 
Sometimes you'd come and say, ah, I think you are right. Right. Even today, we are the best of friends. Okay. And I have the same respect for him. As if I'm working under him. See? Exactly. And that's how the ministry ought to be. Everybody working under this ministry. They should, they should be in harmony. See? Not in disharmony. The pastor must be in charge. You must make an atmosphere. And I'm giving you church leaders. I'm giving you a challenge. You must make the pastor to be, to be so free. See? So free. And having comfortable. Being able to do it. I know he won't abuse it. See? That's why we have so I'm going to talk about more about it there. See? But let me tell you, especially let me tell you ministers who are working under this ministry. You ought to be like that young man that I was talking about. The one that was sent by Elisha. Right? Right? Mm. <laughs> There are no amens now. You, you people just want theories. Eh? You want theories. Is this, the, is this the teaching of Brother Branham? Am I adding my own things? Brother Branham says, Brother Branham, the pastor must be in full And when I come, I'll only look to the Ye omusumba gwembuza. He can change anything he feels led by the Holy Spirit to do. All I'm saying is that you must let him do that. He must not feel intimidated. He must not feel as if he owes anybody anything. Exactly. He is in full charge. Hey, I know that does not seem to have entered very well, but I don't care. And I warn you that I'll come back to that point later. Because he is going to be answerable. He'll be answerable. And if you make him afraid, hey, by the way, I it's not that there is anything. It's not that there is any trouble here. <laughs> because you people, 
You might think, ah, there's a problem in the leadership. That is why, that's why they called Kihua. To go and scare people. No, no. He doesn't know what I was preaching. It's only that I, I taught this in my church. In Cherengani. And I taught it in some few other places. And the pastors would come and thank me. Hey, that was very good. So, I thought, let me, let me preach what we believe. As, as we have been instructed. Alright. Now, paragraph 3. We believe in an apostolic church teaching apostolic blessings for the peoples of this day. We believe in the full gospel and believe that all the signs and wonders that were spoken of by our Lord Jesus Christ would accompany his church until he returns. We believe in those things and believe that they are to be set in that in order that the church has its order. Our doctrine is based upon the apostolic doctrine of gifts, signs, and wonders. We don't believe that the church before Jesus returned we don't believe that when the, that before Jesus returns, we don't believe that there, there will be a face in the church where there shall be no signs and wonders. We don't believe that. They shall accompany his church until he returns. When we don't see signs and wonders among us, it disturbs us. See? It disturbs us. Because that is our basis. And we don't rest until the church has that as a basis. Now, after that, they can have whatever else they want. They can go higher. But that has to be a basis. We depend on the Holy Ghost power to run our churches and not good managerial practices. Right? And we shall disturb the people. <laughs> we must disturb the peace until we see Holy Ghost power in your life. Yeah. 
However nice a brother you are. However polite a sister you are. Sister Nevova Muombe Fort. And very obedient. But we shall not rest. By being very good and very honest and very, very, very reliable, you are only a good citizen. But you shall not satisfy us until we see signs and wonders. We shall not say, we shall not say you are a good believer. Because Jesus said, these signs shall follow them that believe. See? We must never get away from that foundation. See? Now, Kati, and let me tell you, when we are hammering at sin, when we are prohibiting people from doing things that are wrong, that is what we have in mind. We have in mind that stealing will cause will cause disharmony among the people. Fornication will chase away the Holy Ghost from here. If you take somebody's money and you are not bothering to repay or even explain when you raise hands and this person is behind you, see so this guy is raising his hands and he cannot pay my money. That will disturb the, the moving of the spirit. Those, those uncomfortable thoughts. So whatever we teach, see? sister, if you are employed somewhere, sister, by a brother, brother, and yesterday, Joe, your mistress, the mistress of the house, told you to do something, and you went from there angry. And you showed her you are angry. When you come to church, that will disturb the moving of the spirit. So that is the basis of us teaching righteousness. We are not just being hard. But we are trying to do what? To make way. See? We are anointed with, with the spirit of John the Baptist. Prepare the way of the Lord. And when you don't obey, you don't know what you are doing. But you are stopping the movement of the spirit. And on the day of judgment, you answer for 
destroying the body of the Lord. And crippling it. Holding his hands. And weakening it. See? That is what you are doing by stealing. Causing discomfort in the church. Now, the reason why I said that this church is not perfect is because you still have those things here. Or you don't have them. They are there. We are excommunicating people for fornicating. And they have, you find that they have been doing it for a long time. Isn't that right? What they are doing is when you pray for the sick, they don't get healed. Now, I know you may ask me, you mean, Brother Kehuha, you mean the church the apostolic church should reach a place where there is no case. Brother Kiwa That is the apostolic teaching. What I'm telling you is the apostolic teaching. God willing. I'll emphasize on that very much tomorrow. But let me tell you. In the apostolic church, when it became, it, it became like the grain of wheat that was later now planted, this is what happened. When they remo- there was no sin in their midst, the greatest sin among them and the last sin was Ananias and Sapphira. Now, please listen. Look at their sin and compare with what is in our churches. They were guilty of something very little. They sold a plot. They did go to drink. They actually brought some of the money. But they did not bring it all. They only pretended that it was all. But they hid some of it. See? Now, that was the biggest crime among that group. You think the Holy Ghost would have killed them for that and then the Holy Ghost leaves out adulterers among them. That was the biggest sin among them. And the Holy Spirit, the punishment was not excommunication. They were taken there to be buried. Now, 
do you see how the church ought to be spotless? Suppose the Holy Ghost came to kill people here. You think these brothers who have people's money and they have refused to... You think You think these sisters who turn up their nose, they can't speak to each other. They can't make peace. You think they can survive? See? Maybe three quarters of this group would be dead here. Do you see what I'm trying to say? Making way for the Holy Ghost. See? Exactly. Because this is apostolic doctrine. This is what we believe. And this is what we are fighting for. See? And if you don't obey, you are, what you are doing is that you are crippling this body. You are stopping the work of the Holy Ghost. See? I wonder whether, how, whether you are guilty of that this morning. You know, when Akan was stealing that thing, he didn't know what he was doing. See? He didn't know what trouble he was causing in the church. Because they went to Jericho. They, 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 were, they had total victory. He thought it comes without a price. Let me tell you, when you see the Holy Spirit doing something here, when you hear, I believe, listen, I believe that when you hear a testimony there, the Holy Ghost is giving us a taste. It is not just something to rejoice about. He is opening our eyes Telling us that we, weak flesh, but this is, this is what he has in store for us. I'm telling you, when you have, the prophet told us, if you have a group of people like here now, not one sin among them. Not anybody has anything against another. No hypocrisy. Everybody in their hearts together. Then bring any problem there. All people who are jobless, they would be employed this week. Everybody who has, a, who has no child, they would conceive next week. Or next month. According to the time of life. 
There will be not one case of diabetes. Listen. There will be no mother here. Crying for the salvation of her children. They will be saved. Is that a promise? That's what we are contending for. The power of God. And the grace of God. That is what God wants to do. And let me tell you, it shall happen. That's the kind of church that will welcome Jesus Christ. That's the kind of church that says, Behold the Lamb of God. That's what we are contending for. See? And anything that we try to say, don't do this, don't do that. See? It's only that people despise their pastors. See? Because they have no revelation of what they are doing here. They don't have a revelation of what we are doing in Christianity. In the church. Blessed be the name of the Lord. They just think that it's a place to come and just come. Church is a place to come and fellowship. And you praise the Lord. See? You see, our churches have become community churches. See? It's not a place where the sword of the word, the flaming sword of the word, does its work. But it's a place for us to bring our children for dedication. Our young men to be married. For fellows to come here and look for wives. And the girls to get husbands. Then they have their children dedicated. We have become community churches. See? Not a place where the flaming sword of the world does its work. And we see the church of Jesus Christ in its glory. See? That's right. We must keep that in mind. We are trying to establish the apostolic doctrine. Signs and wonders. The power of the Holy Ghost. Moving among the people. Doing things that are impossible. We are not depending upon human effort. And the cleverness of doctors. See? But the power of the Spirit. That's what we are trying to establish. See? 
That's our back. We must never forget that. And anything that the Holy Ghost hates, that we hate. Anything that will chase away the Holy Spirit, that is our enemy. Whether it is on a preacher, whether it is on a woman, or a man, whether it is on our friend, whether it is on our children, We hate it because the Holy Spirit hates it. Anything the Holy Spirit loves that we love. Whether it is on our enemy that we love it. There is no respect of persons here. Because we want to see the Holy Ghost in action. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I've not been notified about lunch. So I'm continuing. Now, verse paragraph 4. I think I have to go a bit faster, otherwise, we will never finish. That our church has no members as joiners. We believe that the whole universal church of the living God is our brothers and sisters. And that all people are always welcome regardless of what denomination they belong to. At Zana. Okay. No. No. No, it's okay. I will close now. I will close with this point. <laughs> now, I'm told lunch is ready. Uh, so, Kare. let me make this last point. Can then I'll let you go. Right. Are we together? You know, people are happy when you are talking theories. But when it comes to now here, see? practically, they get, they get uncomfortable. But I'm saying, remember, I the word has to be made. The word has to be made. The word has to be made flesh. Yeah. It has to come from the books. It has to come from the tapes. And it becomes flesh. Listening to the tapes, you will be blessed. But now, even hypocrites, they enjoy the word. But they are very uncomfortable when you try to make it, tell them to make the word flesh. So, I'm 
Uh, okay, this last, last bit here. That our church has, not, has no members as joiners. Now, we, we, we could, he could talk that way in his day. But now, we are talking about the message believers. There is so much clanism among the churches. Whereby people, people, you know, people feel, hey, let me tell you, do you know why Satan divides people? That revelation came on me one time. Eh? When the, I used to have some uh, good church members. Eh? Or rather, I used to have some two young men. <coughs> and they were members of my church. They laughed. Those people loved me. They used to be such good supporters. See? And they used to be very happy with me. They would, they would invite me to their house. Call neighbors. Because they believe that if I preach, their neighbors would believe. See? Then, after being with them for just a month, they swallowed a doctrine. I can't, I can't remember what doctrine it was. But somebody swung them away from the way. And all of a sudden, boys who are so support, so respectful, they would look at me and laugh at me. People who would take my word as if it's from the Bible. But now they laugh at me. They laugh at my ideas. When I went to try to correct them, I argued a little bit with them. But I reached a place where I felt the Holy Ghost in my heart. Warn me to leave them alone. And I stopped talking. We were with some other church elders. They are, they are the ones who continued talking. But me, I held my peace. Until after them arguing and arguing, they started asking me, why are you so quiet? Have we offended you? But I felt a very strong warning to stop arguing with them. Those people hopped from doctrine to doctrine. doctrine Even now, they have become old men now. But they are still hoping from doctrine to doctrine. Now, what am I trying to say? The re listen. The reason why Satan brings divisions is so that if me I'm a minister. God has given me the, 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 the gift 
Echidabo. And the role no of, of telling you what is the word. Teaching you the way to heaven. How to order your life. So that you don't go to hell. God has given me that. No. Maybe I should not say me. But <laughs> you understand what I mean. You are ministers here. So if God has given me, it was not my choice. He gave me. He chose me. And I must do it. Because it's a life in me. Crying out. Trying to save men from hell. But now, listen. When you separate yourself from me, it's a wall that Satan has brought there so that you cannot hear from me. You laugh at me. Because I'm not your pastor. What can I tell you? And that's why Satan has brought these divisions. So that the ministers here see Somebody separates themselves. They have, a, they have a group there. Members of that group. Whatever, whatever gift Gideon has. But it will never benefit them. And that is why see, you ministers see, I'm glad I don't know you but I want to warn you. Some of you just think that you can take a group separate yourself and make a group and you, you go and preach to them you close them away from others like and maybe God has not called you I wonder what, how you are going to answer on the day of judgment because you cut people from the ministers God has sent and because of politics, because of having a rebellious spirit, you intrude into things that are not even for you. You are not called for. See? For whatever reason, when you cut off a group, God sent ministers cannot penetrate there. And listen, even if you say you, are, you have a calling of God, but let me tell you, and I believe this is the reason the prophet put that thing there. That teaching Gideon here, Gideon here, he is not the full fivefold ministry on himself. Neither does, Neither does he have it here in his church. Maybe a minister around here. People like Omwata, others. I don't know, I don't know many of them, but maybe there are others here. 
I know a few. My, I know my friend Charles Obon, I know him. And others. Maybe God has raised him here. This is what I believe. If God has raised Obon, others, and these helpers here, that, that, is the full complement of the fivefold ministry that should minister to you. Gideon, Gideon, in his heart, honestly, he should not be clannish. I can speak like that boldly because I know he is not. But we don't believe in clannism. We believe in recognizing brother so and so here has this gift. He should minister to my church. God has called him to my church as well as his. That is our thinking. This idea of going with a group and then you, you close them there. When, when other people are having meetings, you can't. And, and they are not obligated. That's politics. That's why the bride can never go anywhere. Because of this clanism. clanism. In Kenya, it's worse than In Kenya, here. See? Yeah. And my church is hearing me. They ere, know. Ere we, we have a manji. bigger problem there. See? If you are in a certain area, every minister there should minister to every congregation. My job being in Kitale is to recognize this minister here. There is the voice of the master in him. Then, my congregation becomes his congregation. Because God has sent him there. If I reject him, my people will suffer. I'm just a custodian there. Of that pulpit. We are not clannish. God has not given us small kingdoms so that we can enjoy the people's tithes and support. No, Blessed be the name of the Lord. Do you believe that? Yeah. We are not clannish. I think I'm going to stop there. We shall continue hammering those points. Let's stand up.
Maybe, Brother Gideon, maybe you can close for me, if you don't mind. Close me, hey, close for me. Amen. How many have heard from God? That's our great uh, uh, expectation. And that's what we have been praying for. That as we come here, we don't come just to hear the wisdom of a man. But we come here to hear the voice of God. The voice of the shepherd. The Lord Jesus Christ. We are here in purgatory. We are in purgatory here. And me have received mine. And I'm still... Uh, uh, submissive to the Lord to continue purging me until the end of the weekend challenge. Amen. Yeah. We believe there is a purgatory but not the Catholic purgatory that happens after you have died. Our purgatory is here. Amen. And the Bible tells us to judge ourselves. You judge yourself. It says if you don't judge yourself, you will be judged with the world. On the door of judgment, you will be there. But if you judge yourself, you will not be judged with the world. Uh, I think I'm more blessed than any other person here. Because uh, we take long to be preached to, we preachers. Especially in this lockdown where we have not had ministries uh, visiting. You are, you are already struggling to minister to minister. But uh, even considering the last point he has ended with, we are not clannish. That ministry comes and that ministry comes. And he mentions Umata. I don't know. Did I tell you Umata was here last Sunday? Did I tell you? Okay, yeah. He was here and it was such a blessing as yeah, I was seated in the same place. place. I was feeling being ministered to. And, and, and now more. Uh, God is so gracious that he has given us ministries that you can yield to him to bring to us his will. So without any speck of doubt, I believe the Lord has spoken to you. I believe the Lord has spoken to you. Amen. Many people for being not spiritual 
They miss, they miss the voice of God. They think when God is speaking, is when the dust is flying. And that's when God is uh, present and is blessing uh, the dust is flying. And the chairs are being moved. Look at Elijah in the cave when God came to speak to him. He said there passed a whirlwind. And he watched the whirlwind. And God was not in the whirlwind. There came fire. It passed before him. He watched the fire. God was not there. And then as he waited, then a small still voice. And that still small voice had instructions to him what he must do next, what step he must take, where he must go, what he must do. And God was in that still small voice. Personally, I like those moments when the dust is flying. I'm emotional. I am emotional. I enjoy that, shouting and jumping up and down, feel like running. I like that. But my greatest services is when God is pointing a finger in me. And uh, by the way, for your information, uh, that's why I like his ministry. And that's why I regard him as my spiritual father. Right from the start. That's the nature of his ministry. I remember one time I traveled with him to Nabomali. And he preached a message which I have preached myself many times. He, he preached a message that he called a closer walk with God. I had heard him preach it before. But that service, it seemed God was speaking so directly to me. And after the service, when it came to pray, I just knelt down put my 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 head in the dust. It was a dusty floor like here. And I cried to God. By the time I sobered up, every other person was out of the church. And when I moved out, then he started, I saw he's the one who was removing dust from my forehead. Uh, personally, that's, you know, that's where I find God. In a message that directs The people who have ever been helped in the Bible are not people who just see I choose this one and I choose that one and found excuses why they are where they are but they are people who 
condemned judge themselves. Like Isaiah saying, Woe is me. Woe is me. For I am undone. That's when you see God. When you see God really in the real picture of it. Amen. And then you see your insufficiency. It causes you to cry. Woe is me. Help me, Lord. So we have come to the end of the service. But do we have anyone who would like to say, Woe is me? Woe is me? I've been weighed in a balance and I'm found wanting. If you honestly feel that we raise your hand. Pass me not, O gentle say, if you are here, my heart will cry. Why, Lona, thou art cold, holy, do no pass me by. Loving, kind, heavenly Father, we raise our hands to you from our hearts because we realize, Lord, that we are wanting. We realize, Lord, we have lost the vision of where we are going of what you are making of the church that you are building in these last days you sent a great and major prophet in this age and he has given us the thy voice Lord and it defines your vision but Lord God we have come short of that vision of the kind of a church it should be the vision of America is fulfilled the vision of the ecumenical council of churches the daughters of the of the whore 
It is where it's supposed to be. The vision of the pestilences is going on. The vision of the corruption of the morals it's where it's supposed to be. And yet us, Lord, we are not where we ought to be. Have mercy upon us. Forgive us, Lord, of where we have let you down. And with Samson, or like Samson, we cry. One more time, Lord. Give us a chance, Lord. And give us your mercy, Lord. And return your grace upon the church. And return your power, Lord. Help us, Father. Grant it, Lord. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.